Hello? Hello. Hi there. Hey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Needless Writing Podcast. You just called me needless. No, 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 no. It's like when I'm making pizza, Garrett. You put all the stuff together, and then you, you put it in a proofing box. You stick it in the fridge. You just leave it overnight. No needing. Okay, no. Um. So this is the only writing podcast you will ever need, brought to you by the Saginaw Valley State University that Writing Center. Like I don't have a stand mixer in the office. That sounds like an awful lot of work for me. I just don't think I can do it. Where did you get the pizza? I don't... <laughs> How are you today? I'm I'm doing good. How are you? You know, I'm I'm doing I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Not really, but <laughs> Um, how was your Valentine's Day, bud? Um, it was pretty good. It is actually also my girlfriend and I's um one year anniversary because I am a genius. Well, congrats. Good for you. No, like literally February 14th is our one year anniversary because that oh, I'm was, sure, but like I think that, that way I don't have to remember more than one date. I feel that it, it's in not my like soul. a divorced parent situation. She doesn't get double the gifts. She gets one amount of gifts. One it's amount of gifts. It's both anniversary and Valentine's Day. So, do you guys make a? Does she make a point to want to celebrate Sweetest Day in October then, or no? Don't give her ideas. <laughs> does she? Does she listen to our podcast? I hope not. <laughs> she Me? does it by like she does it if I tell her to. To be completely honest, but like, nah. That's fair. How was your Valentine's Day? It went pretty well. Um, I didn't get to actually spend it with my Valentine just because school. Um. And he lives back in my hometown. So I went home the weekend before and we just hung out and we had a good time. Um, didn't really do anything like too fancy because we didn't really have a lot of money. But like, yeah, I'm some chocolates and stuff. Fair enough. I was, it was super sweet. I was like, thank you. <laughs> I wasn't expecting any gifts. So I, uh, you know, those like the Spotify code, yeah. like things that you can just get on like a necklace or a keychain. Yeah. Um, I got my girlfriend a keychain one with the code for ram ranch <laughs> that was one of her val- valentine anniversary gifts ram ranch yeah i've i've never heard of that song in my life but it's, it's not appropriate for this podcast i was gonna say we'll we'll play it off the off the record Okay, I was just like, I've never heard of that song ever in my life. Oh, it's it's something. It is a work of art, if I'm completely honest. That's super fair. So, speaking of works of art, let's segue into what we're talking about today, Garrett. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about soft reboots today. Is that like an UGG boot? No. <laughs> No, um, so <laughs> I'm paid for jokes. <laughs> um, so a soft reboot is, um, like a hard, it's okay. So it's similar to a hard reboot and everybody knows what a hard reboot is. It's where they completely take a franchise and they completely start it over and you just go into an entirely new, you act as if the original, like franchise doesn't exist and then you just go into a whole thing a soft reboot is not exactly the same and that it generally will follow a pattern 
of the movies that exist before it. Like generally the original cast kind of shows up, but they kind of mix in new cast to kind of get some new blood in there, get new things going. Uh, the plot is similar. Um, generally certain reboots sometimes will ignore certain like what would be canonical plots like for instance the new the newer like halloween like the 2018 halloween and then halloween kills um those movies act as if only halloween like one or two like halloween one or halloween one and two exist um similar with like the jurassic world series currently um that's like a soft reboot because it's we started off with an entirely new cast but everybody was mentioning everyone else who had already existed it was still the same thing they kind of rewrote the fact that hammond learned his lesson in the original movies and was just like this was a horrible idea and it's like yeah but it was um so like generally so just things to, like that just yeah. to give like a, a kind of wide sweeping definition it's essentially using an existing series or an existing piece of work yes. and then recreating it for a new generation, essentially yes, using absolutely. kind of the same, same sort of ideas, but different in a way. Like another, another like example I can think of is like boy meets world versus girl meets world. Like yes, they tried exactly. to on, yep. on um, Disney channel like that. That happens a lot with like modern TV for like, not like kids, kids, but like, um like, adolescence and like teenage shows yeah, and it's like it's enough like and then there was like sweet life and then sweet life on deck like it was kind of a it was a reboot but it was a continuation because suddenly the sprouse brothers was, were older and it was like okay we can't just keep having them do the same type of stuff that they did it was actually just an improvement can we please recognize <laughs> sweet life on deck for what it is Thank yeah <laughs> yeah it was I, I i highly enjoyed sweet i i enjoyed sweet life like across the second the episode where there's the massive turtle like <laughs> officer kirby <laughs> Uh, they were good. It was it was a good time. Yo, you know, you know, it's kind of wild, like just about Disney shows. Hmm. Is there are so many actors that just got their start on Disney in shows that were like core to my like my like childhood <laughs> and my memory. And then now I have no idea what they do in their real careers. Except for Dylan Sprouse. He's on Riverdale. <laughs> don't even get me started. I don't. <laughs> I Dude, I found out that his um his brother wait is it no, Dylan or no, Cole? It's That's Cole. On. Cole Sprouse is the one who's on um R Riverdale. Dylan was Dylan... in that really good movie on Netflix, like the. No, I think that was Cole again. No, Dylan was the murderer one. What? I've never heard of this movie. We'll have to find it. Um, but no, as far as I'm aware, as, as far as I'm aware, Dylan um has a mead like like a mead brewery now. Like, he's in the alcohol business. Well, that's one good place a former Disney actor can go. <laughs> a lot of them have gone... Other places. <laughs> elsewhere. What? I was just thinking of something, though. There was... Oh, no. Um, this is, like, kind of getting us off topic for a minute. But I saw on Twitter <laughs> recently that a lot of people have been tweeting at Danimals. Like, about... <laughs> About like oh they God. they keep asking them about who won the trip with the Sprouse brothers, and Danimals oh won't. Danim Danimals won't answer the question. Oh, I remember that. They probably never did it. That's that's, that's probably that's what, that's what people are accusing them of. And then there's people who try to claim like I was the one who got it, and it's like, did you bro, know? show me the receipts. Yeah, like, I'm show gonna me go the, up and ask Cole and Dylan picture. Sprouse. 
Do you know Anthony Gabagool from New Jersey? Do you know him? God, I remember that. Oh, my God. Danimals oh. really fell off. It might just be because I don't watch kids' channels anymore. I don't know if they're still advertising, but Danimals really fell off. I mean, Danimals still exists. Oh, I work exists. in retail, so, like, I have to pack it. I have to, like, stack, stock it sometimes. It exists, but... It's not sponsored by anybody anymore. Tell me the last time that you looked at yourself and you're like... I need a Danimals. I, I need a little Danimals shake right now. I need my little banana-flavored yogurt See, that's feel... oddly liquid. <laughs> I, you know what I think the I think the issue was is that we turned into adults and we traded that for either making our own smoothies or we traded it for like just recognizing the naked brand. Yo- just recognizing yogurt for how gross it is. Yeah, it's either it's either you are one of those people who owns your own blender and you make your own smoothies, which to be fair is super healthy, and I really <laughs> wish that I had the motivation to do. New but. idea: soft reboot Danimals, the Danimals advertisement canon. We're gonna apparently this is gonna turn into a series because Garrett and I prior to recording we're talking about what if we do a soft reboot of the Game of Thrones series because you're making your way through it. Exactly. We're we're just going to start soft this rebooting everything. This is no longer a writing podcast. This is a podcast for um, well, I mean, it's still for a the entertainment. Project. It's the entertainment industry. We're it's, giving it the entertainment industry ideas. We're, we're writing, writing new scripts, so therefore writing, it's still a writing podcast. We're writing Oscars before they become Oscars. I don't think I'm not going to be that and presumptuous. And the Oscar for best yogurt advertisement goes to Danimals, written by me. <laughs> uh, speaking of Oscar nods, I watched um, Tick, Tick, Boom yesterday. Is it great? Good movie. Where is it streamable? Netflix. Awesome. Because I was listening to... Um, the soundtrack I listened is great. To- it's a pop. Lin-Manuel Miranda directed it. It's I great. listen to like BBC news for mm-hmm. almost all my news, and that's where one of my da- like daily podcasts I listen to. And they interviewed Andrew Garfield about like all of the like accolades, and he's like, "These aren't these aren't our accolades. These are what's the name of the uh, the rent the the guy it's about." Oh, Jonathan Larson's. Yeah, they're yep. like they're like he never got the recognition that he deserved when he was alive. So all of our like accolades are his, and it's yeah. like it's it was just fascinating to listen to him and Andrew Garfield like never sang. Or dance yeah, prior yeah. to this, and he's like, "All right, yeah, it's it's nuts." He can sing really well too. Is the thing like, and I love the story that they like had about the whole thing where he's all like, "Yeah, like someone, he's like my massage therapist, like recommended me to Lin Manuel Miranda," and he was all like, "I haven't actually sang," right? <laughs> and I, I, then Lin Manuel was like, "Well, let's get a vocal coach in and see if you." If you can't like build range, well, let's let's be really fair to let's be fair to the industry. Lin Manuel Miranda can't sing either. <laughs> oh, he's aware. He's aware. <laughs> I think I think there have been like interviews and stuff where he's like, "Yeah, I'm not the best singer." He's like, "I'm aware that I'm not the best singer." He's like, "But he's like, I still work on it." Yeah, I know people who are making jokes about him too, like not playing Bruno for the one rap that Bruno has in the end of Encanto, and. I love that everyone's just like actually no he specifically was like hey john yo john you want to you want to come be on this movie and do this rap that i have and john John liguizamo was like sure sounds good all right so now that we've now that we've thoroughly got off track we got to get back there Um, (laughs) back on that train now that we've defined soft reboot gave you a couple of examples talked about danimals um our goal right now is to essentially 
make a soft reboot of the Back to the Future franchise, but yes. both of us have kind of agreed that it's almost better to just kind of focus mostly on the first movie, maybe into the second movie. Yep. Purely just because a lot of soft reboots kind of have that, where it's like they only plan for like one movie and kind of see how it goes. It's kind of similar. To, it's in the. It's it's very similar, and I like to think of it as how in the TV industry they'll do like a backdoor pilot for a spinoff show. That's kind of what a soft reboot does where they're kind of like, let's see if we can't like revitalize this for a new generation. If it fails, they're just like, all right, never mind. And then just kind of leave it. But if people like it, they're like, got a new cash cow. <laughs> right. So um, I think, um, and our goal is to write an outline and just start the brainstorming for a, um, a script for this movie yes and at the core of it although we joke a little bit this is a writing podcast so we're going to try to keep it close to the writing <laughs> but it's mostly just us going to be talking about how we would recreate the uh the back to the future series essentially it's a brainstorming topic, so guys. so do you want to give us like a really quick plot outline of what the first Back to the Future movie was. So the first Back to the Future is set in 1985. That's a significant date. So it's set in 1985. There is a character whose name is Marty McFly, played by Michael J. Fox in the original show, in the original movie. And he is friends with this nuclear physicist named Dr. Emma L. Brown, who is played by... (laughs) Yeah. He's played by um, Christopher Lloyd. And so Doc makes a time machine. And... It's, they don't ever explain it and establish it, but him and Marty are really good friends. So he goes over to Doc's place. Marty call, He calls Marty and he's just like, yo, I need you to meet me at the mall at this time of night. I've got a really cool like project that I want you to film so that way I have like evidence of it working and everything. Because Marty has Marty's into film and he's also very much into music. So <clears throat> he goes to the um, he goes to the mall he meets with Doc. Doc pulls out the famous DeLorean, uh, all made up and everything. Looks very futuristic. And him and Marty commence with this experiment with Doc's dog, um, Einstein. <laughs> and Einstein skips forward a minute in time. Marty freaks out at first because he thinks that Einstein has been disintegrated into nothing. But then the car reappears. Einstein is fine. Everything happened. A lot of stuff ends up going down where um, Doc is about to go into the future because he wants to see how mankind can progress and like what we're capable of doing, basically. So he wants to go into the future. We're capable of a lot. I think we've proven that. Oh, yeah. But he wants to see like what new things will get invented and stuff because he's a nerd. So um, world wars. That's what new things get invented. So uh, what happens after that is a fight ensues. Uh, we won't get into details at the moment, but um, a fight ensues. Doc gets killed. Marty jumps into the car to save himself and forgets that if you hit 88 miles per hour, you'll time travel. So he inadvertently times travel time travels back to 1965 and ends up meeting both of his parents before they've even gotten together to date. Um, <clears throat> the conflict of the plot then is that he ends up accidentally interfering with their like love life because there's a whole relevant thing that his dad got hit by a car. He got hit by a car and his mom nursed him back to health. And that's how they kind of fell in love. Marty jumps instinctively jumps out into the 
street pushes George out of the way so he gets hit. So his mom starts having feelings for him and wanting to kind of be with him. He's also like this new kid in town because no one knows who he is. Um, and Hill Valley, the town they live in, is very small. So he teams up with a younger version of Doc in order to try and get the DeLorean working again so he can back he can get back to his timeline. But there's also this thing that like him and his siblings are starting to not exist because of the fact that his the mom is not, continuum. yeah, the space time continuum has been altered. And so he's has this other subplot of how he, he's got to get his parents together. And George is not good at talking to people and not good at, um, doing much of anything besides being a punching bag. In all honesty, he's very much a pushover he's very creative johnny finds out like or marty finds out like himself but it's like he's so he has such a lack of confidence that he can't do it so throughout the movie they end up hijinks ensue and whatnot and at the end of the movie george stands up to his bully which alters the timeline again so when marty gets back to time back to his time his family's actually way better put together than it was before and it's actually there for the better and stuff's all good ends on a cliffhanger where doc comes back dressed in future futuristic clothing and he's just like you gotta come back to the future with me roll credits credit to cinema sins um and it ends with them like the car lifts off the ground and flies and then they drive into the screen and that's it so it's just this cliffhanger and that's kind of how the story ended with the first movie all right, so now using that sort of logic, we, we've kind of brainstormed a little bit to begin and thought about how it would be cool if we kind of use Marty's kids yes. as like the new kind of basis for our kind of soft reboot. And we thought that just to keep, keep it going with originality, it's going to be based around his daughter. Yep. And then we also decided that it had to be um doc's like grandson essentially yeah that is like the the next level of crazy scientist boy mm -hmm. so what year are we thinking we should set ours in <clears throat> that's the thing that's slightly hard with these movies is the idea of rebooting them in this day and age is due to the fact that the way they saw 2015 is so different <laughs> than how it actually was so it's like it's kind of difficult but like i feel it should be set around the 2015 2016 type era kind of picking up similar to where maybe not exactly the same time but i feel like it would be kind of cool to pick up at a similar timeline where marty and his girlfriend kind of got to see where their lives would be ahead of time if marty went through with the decisions that he does prior to getting character development um so it's cool to kind of start around that idea. And I mean, you can just dial back some of the futuristic stuff a little bit. And the other thing we have to like, consider I don't know, it's really is it, interesting. To it kind doesn't of think about really it. like in this sort of like cinematic universe, like we could create the 2015 that they thought existed. It That's does. Very true. And we could label we it could 2015. We could do it with better special effects than they had back in the eighties. Right. Um, but like 2015 like we we could make it um 
exactly how they pictured it to be and it we could label it 2015 this that's the glory of fiction is it's not real that's that's super that's super fair so yeah i would start it back i would start it like a year after the events of when they go to 2015 so in that timeline things are slightly different than they show in the second movie where marty like works this accounting job or something he's got this like dead end nine to five job that he hates and um they're not super financially well off like they are but they're not it's they're kind of like low middle class type thing um so instead of this marty actually is able to pursue his dream in music but he's unhappy with it and so because of the fact that his kids know who doc is and everything his daughter kind of resolves to try and help his dad out try and help him make better choices like he works in the music industry but it's still he's only like we kind of talked about it where he's the a songwriter, songwriter and a and demo producer versus like actually performing in a band like he wanted to do. Right. Because that's one of the core core parts of like Marty's personality that we, we kind of talked about. But that's like the big thing is his dream is to be a rock star. And I yep. essentially what we could kind of describe it as is he's in our 2015. He's made it. He's the demo producer. He's making money in the music industry but he's making it at the expense of other people yeah like he's he's writing songs for people who are in the place that he wants to be and his daughter's like seeing that and she's like she's like i know doc's grandson and doc's grandson is over here doing something right i think the opening scene he should be like teaching a turtle how to talk or something (laughs) like i think we just need to build up this like no what if okay what if because there's a whole like kind of somewhat sight gag joke in the first movie where doc when he go when marty meets young doc young doc is trying to learn how to read minds he's got this huge thing on his head what if he's actually what if his grandson's actually perfecting that technology that that would be absolutely learning how to mind read with the animals like he's got this little thing he's all like i can hear his thoughts and like i got it working and it yeah that'd be absolutely (laughs) sick and it's just like we have to build up this constant like canonical like, like callbacks <laughs> it's, it's all of that we have to like canonically establish that doc's family is absolutely nuts like they're 100 oh, they've been around too much radiation yeah like material. his his son's crazy his grandson's crazy his grandson's son is going to be crazy but like in a quirky way like they're not necessarily going to kill anybody it's just they have weird vision for to like make things and kind of forget that there's like nuances into the way that you get funding right i think (laughs) things like so i think that'd be like a kind of like good opening scene as we see like i think the opening scene would be cool to have it be like marty's like playing his guitar in his accounting office and like his boss walks by it's like take your daughter to work day and she's Mm -hmm. she's just hanging out in his little cubicle and or not his because we decided it wasn't yeah it's take your take your daughter to work day they're at like a studio studio. he's in his office like maybe a band is like maybe he had wrote he had written a song or something and the band is asking him to help with like rewrites of a song that he's already kind of given to them so they're like they're suggesting things that are like they're like absolutely changing the meaning of the song and changing a a bunch of parts of the song but marty's kind of got a yes man his way through it otherwise the band will get mad and his daughter's just sitting there like like taking this all in she's like damn dad's life sucks 
Right, because like she's also kind of like messing around. I feel like she'd also kind of be like maybe somewhat musically inclined. I feel like if Marty, she plays a mean triangle. Like let's put it that way. Triangle. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's just so good. Um, but yeah, like she's just also kind of there. Like Dad's not. She's like she's like she thought his job was so cool, and then she gets to see him at work, and he's just like cutaway scene. We get to see doc's grandson at take your dad or take your son to work day with his dad and his dad is like a college professor or something like a like at like all these places and and like the little son is is sitting in like the rows with the college students and he's raising his hand he's like so what about mind control and, and his dad's like no stop and all the kids are like answer the question all the students are like answer his question i know you know how to do this at mit and then like and then they get in like this like huge like the students like forces like um doc's son so the grandson's dad to like yep. teach them about like all of these theories he has and he just completely derails like the the lecture that he was in like his dad's supposed to be teaching about like <laughs> physics or something and just casual physics and and his dad like in the car on the way back he's like you need to stop doing this every take your take your child to work day like we can't we we're not supposed to talk about these projects <laughs> like like your grandfather expressly said we're not supposed to talk about these projects and then like like you get those are the two opening scenes where we establish our two main characters essentially yep. and then we get to like our third scene where it's like that cheesy like 2000s movie thing where they're on the phone and you get it like split through the screen i love diving into this like really cheesy like um style of filming and they're like it's and it's not even phones it's the futuristic like um oh, they're talking it. on like an amazon amazon echo like they're just yeah. talking on like one of those screens. like the way they oh and it's kind of funny that you think of it that way because in the movie in the second movie they did this whole thing where like it was like a face cam but like on this huge like like 80 90 inch tv screen it was a huge tv and i just had an, i just had an idea all right there you go in our 2015 biff tanner yes owns amazon oh my god biff tanner is jeff bezos no. Please, this would be hilarious. This would be absolutely incredible. You trying to okay, you are trying to tell me right now. You just said that Biff Tanner's not smart enough to own Amazon. Do you do you you think that Jeff Bezos is actually smart enough for the technology that Amazon made? Do you think Jeff Bezos is personally responsible? Here's the other thing. I'm about Jeff to be Bezos put on a list. Rich. Jeff Bezos was already like so is, he was so already are the rich. Tanners. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. <laughs> not only in the second movie in the bad timeline. All right, all right. He's Donald Trump in that timeline, and that's only because he made millions of dollars on racing bets and like sports betting. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna patch together timelines oh, no. <laughs> 20... no that's just no. an idea i just think it'd be funny if like that like he was like I... the corporate overlord so like i it is funny but at the same time i kind of like the idea more that biff having actually learned the error of his ways is trying not to raise his kids like an asshole so like what if his kid is just like what if his kid is marty's daughter's like weird love interest and there's like a love triangle between doc's grandson 
Biff's grandson, what would probably be his grandson or son. And I think it should be his grandson just because like the way that they hop through time and everything, it feels more interesting. I feel like the Tanners should be a family of people that got had kids really early. So like, like he's, he's this, this third generation Tanner. I just realized that we never, Biff lives with his grandmother. We never hear about his parents. Did his parents die? Anyway, that's a that's a weird tangent for another day. But like, I yeah, I like the idea of Biff's family actually going forward. Like the whole timeline where Biff learns to not be a dick, he actually kind of learns how to break the cycle. Right, and, and so he actually kind of learns how to. I mean, partially because you know now that he's not an asshole, he's a bit more timid and like you know nicer. He he's, can he's get raising, a good wife. He's and raising he can have a, kid, a good family. A kid that is that's like trying to help. Marty's right. daughter, like, like he can achieve still, this goal. Like, he can still kind I of be jockish, be, but, like, it, make it so he's not, like, the stereotypical asshole jock, you It know? would be really cool if when once Marty's daughter and, like, Doc's grandson agree, like, we're going to go back in time, we're going to use um, all of this, we'll, we'll get to that point later, but, like, Biff's grandson accidentally finds a way to be, like, part of this and is, like, following mm-hmm. the two of them around, and then it's the three of them going into... Yep like the past trying to figure things out and they go into the past um biff's grandson sees his grandpa as like a dickhead and he's like yo what happened he's just like i'm so glad that this is not the reality i gotta deal with and like we just see we just see like biff's grandson throwing like like when they have to obviously have to escape like biff at certain points like the grand chase scene grand chase scene like like getting on some sort of device oh that means we got to give her a quirky type of like thing that she rides and not a hoverboard it's a horse (laughs) (laughs) like her her dad's really into futuristic things but for some reason she's like really old timey like she really likes her dad loves an electric guitar she's like i love the acoustic guitar and banjo um but something like that but um like in that scene, we see like Biff's grandson just throwing footballs at his head, like just <laughs> doing like the most. Like, he's trying so hard to help, and his heart's in the right. He's just a complete himbo. That's the whole thing. It's, yeah, he's he's like a mild. He's like a C person. He he like he does good things at certain points, but then he does absolute garbage stuff at the next, and it's just that's his character. He's not very smart. He's not stupid. Right. He's just kind of there. Um. So then, like, yeah, our third scene, we have them talking, and yep. they, like, figure, they're like, oh, yeah, this is a cool plan. And then we have, like, this whole scene where um, Doc's grandson is, like, trying to figure out, like, he finds, like, the blueprints for the DeLorean thing. Yep. And I think it'd be hilarious if instead of the DeLorean, it's a Kia Soul. Like, that's that's the 2015 version. It's a Kia Soul, a time-traveling Kia Soul. <laughs> and they're all like, And there's hamsters in the backseat. <laughs> I'm just like, like, why is it a Kia? And it's just like, well, you see, uh, it was more cost affordable to make it it smaller. This was the cost effective choice. Cost effective choice to make it a small flying Kia Soul versus the DeLorean, which was super old and antique by this point. Yeah. Tell me, tell me when, tell me where you can find an affordable DeLorean in 2015. Can't right. DeLoreans weren't great to begin with. The whole point of the DeLorean being the one is that it's just it looked like an airplane to begin cool. with right yeah, so, like, so that's our <laughs> that's kind of our our build up to the to the whole thing and then the conflict comes in um the three of them trying to altering the timeline altering the timeline yeah they try to figure it out um 
essentially we're going to blaze through this because I do not oh, want yeah, to get definitely. into the absolute conflict all well, the I mean, conflict because it's scenes. supposed to be it's a it's a script so it's like it's like a rough outline for a script so like they get there there's some sort of conflict where like maybe Marty's girlfriend is the one that kind of like is telling him like they go back to a scene where he writes his first song and he brings it to a record label and they're like we really like this but you don't have a base yet we want to give this song to another person we'll pay you this much Mm -hmm. and like all of this that's where the three of them like get into they get they're like watching this meeting through a window or something right and um they see that and they follow marty home like just kind of doing some classic sneaky sneak and sneaky stuff so where you don't like get into that right and they then will um they'll like follow him home and like his girlfriend so like close to becoming his wife is like we're about to start a family um do this make the money we'll find a time later right like she kind of is like well you're still making music you're still doing what you love to do like she kind of explains it to him in a way that like he's like you're yeah, right. I probably should like he's like, you know, or it or his dad could do the same thing too. Because like his dad in the new timeline becomes a like a really good novelist. But like I think it'd be better if it was his dad because like his dad that, being I don't like, you know, paint. like he, like his dad kinda talks it talks to him like, Well, you're still doing what you love to do. You're still making music, you're still doing this. And I think like we need to like keep that core um of like, like the of the daughter, like the daughter kid dy- or the, the father kid dynamic so like maybe right. there's daddy issues between the two of them like maybe he's such a workaholic like he has to keep churning out music but he also hates his job so she feels like partially that they could get along better i was if thinking also like timeline. it it needs to be a sort of like in this conversation that they're overlooking after watching like the first like meeting yeah. um with like his dad like brings him back to the house like his um marty's girlfriend is pregnant with what would presumably be the daughter yeah and i think i think and they're having like was younger yeah they're having like um like dinner with marty's parents Mm -hmm. and they're talking about it and like marty's dad is like you're about to start a family like if you don't take this you're going to have a tough like life and it won't work out um so essentially the whole conflict is the daughter and the other two who are just kind of going to be supporting characters at this point yeah. just doing goofy things um well, trying I mean, fighting to in, fall in love with the girl and well, they, we, we could also put in a b plot that it actually has something to do with like part of the timeline like i'd like the idea that we kind of threw around before where the grandson like doc's grandson his part part of it is that he wants to go back in time to try and like see if he can't help his grandpa like i liked the idea I that we, we kind of a classic th- boys scene too where it's just the two of them just doing something goofy but like can we also make this love triangle healthy and that it's not like the nice guy trope of oh well i deserve her more than you no it's like, gonna be it's, it's gonna be they're like, like they're, they're they're both <laughs> intentionally trying to fall in love with her but it turns out to be like the best like trio friendship of all time and neither, none of them ever fall in love they're just like plot twist polycule <laughs> I'm you? <laughs> I'm joking. No, it's just it's, like it's it's just like the a nice like friendship that like both of them come into it like mm-hmm. being like oh horned God. up fifteen year old boys. I found proven. the best plot twist. What? She's gay. 
Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> They're so in love with her and trying to talk to her this entire movie. And finally, they both are like, you know what? Let's just, we'll do it just like men. We're both going to profess to her. And if she chooses one of us or if she doesn't choose one of us, we're going to be okay with a deal and they, like shake on it. And then they do it. And she's all like, so guys, I have something to tell you. And they're like, what? And she's just like, uh, I'm not straight. <laughs> and they're like, all right, cool. And they give each other knocks. They're like, we they're both like, lose. Yeah, they're just kind of like, cool, we both lose. Awesome. No, but then I think I think the big conflict has to be the daughter getting over her own mental like state of like, he chose this life to give me like an opportunity to have a good life and like mm-hmm. all of these things. And like her like whole thing is she's like, I want to do this to make my dad happier. And it doesn't matter how it changes the world for me in the future yeah and so then like the scene this this can end on like it succeeds they make them um like doc's grandson gets him like recognized in the future but like his dad's no longer a um college professor who has actual time to help like feed doc's grandson's interests yep and then um marty's daughter had like a great relationship with her dad but could see that it wasn't uh wasn't his like ideal life mm-hmm. but now that he's a rock star it's the she's being raised by her mom and doesn't yep. see her dad like, she, like ever yep, she like never sees him and stuff so we end on that like and then biff's, gran- biff's grandson is just there like i, I think- feel like part of his thing could be it just has to be that continual reversal and then his grand his, his family I was sucks gonna say, again like, for him i don't necessarily <laughs> want him to be a dick but like I like the idea that maybe when they come back in like the ba- timeline, he was like a backup quarterback. Like he was, he was like a mediocre athlete that was mm-hmm. always like trying to fight for starting spots. Like in this, like at the beginning of like this, um, this movie. But when they get back, for some reason, like we just, I don't want to explain it. I don't want to give any time to the Biff family. But he becomes like a starting athlete, and then that like the three of them start to like they know what happened because mm-hmm. they come back and they get to. Um, they come together at like the end of the movie and they're like, what did we do? And mm-hmm. then that's the, that's like the, the cliffhanger. I kind of like the idea of Biff, like, like the new Biff Jr. or whatever, or like the third, whatever, um, is that he, maybe because of the whole, maybe they, like, maybe her and Marty's daughter and him are friends in school because they go to the same school and they're still kind of hanging out. Whereas, doc's grandson is more or less traveling a lot so he's not really in hill valley that often so like they're all kind of friends but maybe like she's friends with him and so that's partially why he has a crush on her so i like the idea what if when they come back like the because of marty becoming more of an asshole they like move away like they moved away from Hill Valley and left. So they never really met in this timeline. Right. And actually got a chance to become friends and there and by proxy like Biff kind of got a better like I kind of like the idea. It's kind of sad, but he like kind of gets a better deal, but he'd rather actually like have connections and be like a better person right versus like playing into how his grandpa used to be when he was young and dumb and a jock. And being a jerk, like like playing into that stereotype when he's he's actually just a himbo with a heart of gold. <laughs> like right. he, he wants to be the himbo with a heart of gold. <laughs> in instead. in like the in like the timeline like that we build to begin the series, like he's like an athlete, but he's really into like poetry or something. 
and then like in this like future timeline his like dad finds out and like his parents were supportive of it like mm -hmm. in the original timeline but like in this timeline when they come back he's like fighting for d1 scholarships and his dad's like stop writing poetry yeah something like that just like you can't no all right guys <laughs> i think we just softly rebooted i think we did back to the future and this again, we called... ended on that great cliffhanger, so that way we can uh, set up for a sequel that may or may not happen. This is uh, this movie will be called um... Back to the Past. <laughs> Forward to the Past. Forward to the Past. <laughs> Up and down, left and right. That's this. That's what this movie's called. Uh, I feel. I feel like it has to be something stupid. Like we have to follow this like 20 or 21st century idea of like soft reboots where we call them like the exact same title, like back to the future next gen. I mean, in a way it kind it of probably is. would be <laughs> like but... yeah, back to the future, the next generation or something like that. Like, I feel like that would kind of back work to too. the future. Marty can't act anymore for sad reasons. <laughs> Let's not think of that right now. Because, like, oh, the cameos would be so good, though. And I know Christopher Lloyd is still kicking, but he's looking rough. And, and to be fair, he's a very old man. And then, yeah, unfortunately, Michael J. Fox, has at this point, I, I don't know if they could actually have him come back for, like, lines. Because that'd be kind of cool. Like, what if we don't necessarily see Marty around but he at least has like, like voice has like acting. those voice yeah like they could body double him and then do the imaging that way for like young marty like the flashbacks and so like part of the whole thing of like oh he's always working all the time he's just like always in a studio he's just kind of like oh hey like you can kind of hear him be like hey honey how you doing like when she comes home from school or whatever like he kind of takes a second to like tr talk to her or something with that he's like back to it right. like that type of thing like you don't really see him too much but you at least hear him so you know he's around that or it could always That'd be, be like cool. the the Parkinson's issue could always be like played off. Like if we actually do want to use him as like it's morbid and I feel bad saying it, but like overworked, like he's constantly drinking coffee. So he's like so tense. I don't think that's how that works. Hey, Garrett. hey. <laughs> Garrett, I don't think that's how that works. I'm pretty sure it does. <laughs> But with that horrible idea, <laughs> this has been the only writing podcast that you'll ever need. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Bye. Adios. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the only writing podcast you will ever need brought to you by the Saginaw Valley State University Writing Center. If you want to find us, you can go to svsu.edu slash writing center. Thanks and bye. Bye.